The rapture is one of the most anticipated events of all time. But the return of Christ for His church might also be the most misunderstood. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah sheds light on the rapture and the sequence of events that will occur in God's ultimate timetable when He returns. From the series Signs, here's David to introduce his message, The Rapture of the Redeemed. I would imagine that I have uh, spoken on this prophetic subject more than any other throughout the years. Uh, From 1 Thessalonians or 1 Corinthians 15, we have this revelation in the New Testament of the plan of God to sort of interrupt the uh, long-awaited second coming with a return to bring his children home before the tribulation takes place on earth. I'm going to talk about the rapture uh, today and again tomorrow. And if you had a copy of the Book of Signs, you could turn to that book and you would find a whole section on. This is chapter 12, uh, begins on page 155. It's all about the rapture. It's basically what I'm going to say today and tomorrow and much more. And um, it's not even halfway through the book. The book is called The Book of Signs. It's 463 pages in length, and it's yours for the asking when you send a gift to Turning Point. Now, listen, today, this is it. This is the last day you can do this. When we turn the calendar over tomorrow, we'll have a brand new resource. But today, you can order the book, The Book of Signs. You'll get it for much of the rest of this three-month series, and I promise you it will be a resource you will want to keep close at hand It comes with an index to help you find the subjects you're looking for, and I believe it will be a blessing to you as you try to understand what's going to happen in the future. So be sure and ask for your copy of the Book of Signs when you send your gift to Turning Point today. This is the last day for this resource. I hope you will not wait until it's too late, but make your request for the book when you send your gift today. Well, here we go. This is part one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The Rapture of the Redeemed. In 1970, a man by the name of Hal Lindsey wrote a book and published it called The Late Great Planet Earth. This book brought the message of Bible prophecy into the everyday language of the people, and it ended up becoming the best-selling nonfiction book of the 70s. It sold over 15 million copies ended up being translated into over 50 languages. And some pundits have calculated that altogether Hal Lindsey's book sold over 35 million copies worldwide. The co-author of that book, if you ever have a copy of it, you'll see down at the bottom and it says, with Cece Carlson, that woman, Carol Carlson and her husband, were guests at a conference that I spoke at at Forest Home Bible Conference in California many years ago. Sometime during that week, we had coffee together, and Carol suggested to me that she might be able to assist me in putting some of my prophetic sermons into print. Out of that conversation, two books were written. One's called The Handwriting on the Wall, which is the story of the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And the other is the book Escape the Coming Night, a contemporary commentary of the book of Revelation. Actually, that book was released on the first day of the Gulf War, and it became my all-time best-selling book. Then in the late 1970s and early 80s, I developed a friendship with a California pastor by the name of Tim LaHaye. 
Shortly after I met him, I actually was called to be his successor at what was then called the Scott Memorial Church in San Diego, California. Today that church is called Shadow Mountain Community Church. And I am still, after 35 years, its pastor. And most Sundays until his death in July of this year, Dr. LaHaye and his wife Beverly would come to church. I knew exactly where they would sit. They consecutively, along with Donna and I, pastored this church for over 60 years, just the two of us together. Dr. LaHaye was flying home once from a conference where he was speaking in the early 90s, and God placed a burden on his heart. He had been studying the scriptures, and he had come to the conclusion that the church made up of God's people would be raptured or rescued out of this world before the tribulation came upon the earth. He came to know the event that would make that happen as the event called the rapture. As he was flying home that day, he couldn't help but notice one of the plane's pilots flirting with a flight attendant. He also noticed that the pilot was wearing a wedding ring. And Dr. LaHaye thought, what if this were the moment that God had picked to remove the faithful from the earth, leaving behind only their clothes and a lot of bewildered unbelievers? And it was at that moment that he decided to write a fictional account of what would happen when the Lord returned and took all Christians to heaven. So he teamed up with the experienced ghostwriter Jerry Jenkins, and their first book was called Left Behind, and it was published in 1995. The book was a runaway bestseller. I mean, the sequels that followed kept topping the charts. The New York Times, the USA Today, the Wall Street Journal, the Publishers Weekly, the Christian Booksellers Association. The ninth volume of that book hit the bookstores right after September 11th in 2001, and it sold enough copies in three months to become the world's best-selling book of the whole year. As of this day, this 16-volume series of books has sold more than 90 million copies. And I believe one of the reasons the book sold so many copies is because the rapture is the central event through all the series. Now, people hear the term the rapture and they have no idea what it means. I usually try to help them understand at the beginning that the rapture is not a perfume. So I just thought I would lay that out there for all of you to understand. The Bible simply teaches us that there's coming a day when an event will happen when all of those who have put their trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior will be suddenly caught up from this earth into the heavens, and there they will be reunited with their loved ones who have gone before them in death. They will then be met by the Lord himself, and he will take them into heaven, where they will live with him forever in his presence. There are three passages in the New Testament that teach this truth. We only have time basically to look at the main passage, but those passages are John 14, 1 to 3, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 57, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I have been studying the rapture for many years, and I've preached on it a lot of times, but when I wrote this book, 
I wanted to write a chapter about the rapture that I thought could be understood by everybody and wouldn't be confusing and would take the events of this wonderful truth and make them real for all of us. So it's from the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians that we develop this truth. I need to read this passage to you. So listen carefully. I'm reading right from the New Testament. Paul's writing to the church in Thessalonica, and he says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There are a number of truths in this passage that I want to unpack for us in this session to help us wrap our arms around this incredible hope that awaits us as followers of Christ. First of all, you need to understand that the rapture is a signless event. What I mean by that is that nothing has to happen before that happens. Believe it or not, while we're having this session here, the Lord could come back right in the middle of this session, and I would be okay with that. It can occur at any moment, possibly today, maybe tonight, or perhaps years in the future. We do not know. The scripture teaches that it is at any moment timing of the return of Christ. And there's a doctrine that's behind that called the eminence of Christ's return. And I want to just explain to you what that word means because it's an interesting word. It comes from a Latin word which means to hang over one's head. In other words, it's something that's hanging over your head that could happen at any moment. Nothing has to take place before it happens. If something has to take place before it happens, it's not eminent. But if something is awaiting you and there's nothing in the way of it happening, at any moment it could happen, that's called an eminent event. It doesn't mean that it will happen. It means it could happen, and it could happen at any time. And that's what the scripture teaches us about the rapture. Without any sign, without any warning, Jesus Christ could come back to this earth and take all of his followers to heaven with him. Today, tomorrow, or someday in the future, he is going to fulfill that promise. Some people say, well, the world has to have the gospel preached everywhere before the rapture. No, that's the second advent. The rapture doesn't have any previous thing that has to happen before it takes place. As I said before, it could happen this day. Not only is the rapture a signless event, it's a surprise event. That is, you're going to be surprised when this happens. Out in California, we had a radio evangelist by the name of Harold Camping. I don't know if you know about him. He's not from California. He's from around here. <laughs> and he made himself infamous by publicly predicting that the rapture of the church would occur on May 21st, 2011. It was his second of three similar predictions. He had earlier set the date of September the 6th, 1994. 
When his first 2011 prediction failed, he reset the date again to October 21st, 2011, at which time he said God was going to destroy the universe. Since you are sitting here today, you know it didn't happen. The rapture has not occurred and the world has not ended. And sadly, during the time he was saying all of these things, many people placed their hopes for the future in this man's erroneous predictions, investing time and resources in rearranging their earthly affairs all for nothing. Fortunately, before his death in 2013, he repented of his prophetic errors and agreed with his critics that Jesus was right when he said in Matthew 24, 36, but of that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. If you hear or read someone who says they know when Jesus is coming back, you should make it your purpose to stay away from that person, both in thought and in deed. To claim knowledge of the exact time of the Lord's return is to know what even the angels do not know and what the Lord did not know when he was on this earth. So if the angels don't know it and the Lord doesn't know it, how'd you find out? Well, you don't know because the Bible says it's going to happen and no one knows when it's going to happen. The Lord God has set the timetable in his own mind and only he knows the day and the hour. So it's signless, it's a surprise event, and then this goes right along with the other two. It's a sudden event. The Apostle Paul emphasizes the suddenness of the rapture. And he says it will happen in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, when I first read that, I thought that meant the blinking of an eye. That's pretty fast. I mean, when you blink your eye, it's really quick. You could say blinking your eye is sudden, but the twinkling of an eye is even more sudden than the blinking of an eye because the twinkling of an eye refers to the amount of time it takes for light traveling at 186,000 miles per second to be reflected on the retina of your eye. The whole idea is that this event is going to happen so quickly, so suddenly, in less than a nanosecond, the Lord will call all believers to himself to share his glory. It's sudden. In his book on the rapture, my late friend Dr. Tim LaHaye vividly imagines what the unexpected suddenness of the rapture will be like. Sometimes you have to use your sanctified imagination just to get an idea of what will happen. Here's what he wrote. He said, when Christ calls his living saints to be with him, millions of people will suddenly vanish from the earth. An unsaved person who happens to be in the company of a believer will know immediately that his friend has vanished. There will certainly be worldwide recognition of the fact when over one half of a billion people suddenly depart from this earth, leaving their earthly belongings behind, pandemonium and confusion will certainly reign over this earth for a time. And then to make it even more personal, he imagines the following things. A million conversations will end in the middle of a sentence. A million phones will suddenly go dead. A woman will reach for a man's hand in the dark and no one will be there. A man will turn with a laugh to slap a colleague on the back and his hand will move through empty air. 
A basketball player will make a length of the court pass to a teammate streaking down the court, and there will be no one there to retrieve the pass. A mother will pull back the covers of a bassinet, smelling the sweet baby smell one moment, but suddenly kissing empty space and looking into empty blankets. The rapture will happen just like that in a moment. The entire world will be immediately changed. The fourth thing you learn about the rapture if you study the scripture is that it's a very selective event. Whether you know it or not, the rapture is not for everybody. The rapture is for a selected group of people. You say, well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, it's very fair because we are told how to get in the selected group. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul affirms how selective this is. First of all, he opens his description of the event by referring to his readers as brethren. Brethren. And he describes them in verse 14 as those who believe that Jesus died and rose again. And in verse 16, he describes these family members as those who have died in Christ. This leaves no doubt that the rapture is restricted completely for believers in Jesus Christ. Only those who are followers of Christ will be taken up into heaven when he returns. So here's my crucial question for all of you. Are you a follower of Christ? Because if you are not a follower of Christ, you will fall under the heading of Tim LaHaye's title. You will be left behind. Nobody wants to be left behind when the church is taken to heaven. And then I'd like to point out that the rapture is also a very spectacular event. Now, when you read about prophecy, there are two parts of the Lord's return to this earth. He comes, first of all, for his church and takes them to heaven. And then there's some time of tribulation on this earth. Then he comes again at the end and he brings his saints with him. And that's when the battle of Armageddon happens and the earth comes to its conclusion. Most of the time when you talk about spectacular, you're talking about the second advent. But here in the scripture, I'm reminded that the rapture itself will be pretty spectacular itself. The scripture says that Jesus Christ is going to come back himself. For the Lord himself will return. He's not going to send his angel. He's not going to use the Holy Spirit the Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ himself is going to come back into the heavens and we're going to be caught up into the heavens with him and then ushered into heaven by him. Paul testifies that the rapture of the church will be initiated by Christ ascending and somebody says, well, why would he do that? Well, do you remember what happened when he went to heaven? The angels said to the apostles, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who you have seen taken from you will so come in like manner just as you've seen him go. In other words, the literal bodily, physical presence of Jesus is going to come back from heaven to initiate the rapture. Some people have claimed that the sounds that happen during that moment are all one sound. But notice what the scripture says. The scripture says that the rapture is restricted to believers, it is spectacular, and there are going to be some things that accompany the rapture when Jesus comes back. The Bible says there will be a shout, and there will be an angel, and there will be a trumpet. Let me just talk about those three things for a moment. 
The sound of the Lord's command. The Greek word that is used to describe the word shout is that of a military officer commanding his soldiers. One day the chief commander is going to come out of his heavenly tent and give a shout and command the resurrection and the translation of believers to occur. When the Lord returns at the rapture, the shout that believers will hear will be his voice. Just as he stood one day outside the tomb of Lazarus and shouted, Lazarus, come forth. He's going to come back from heaven and shout to all of us, come forth from your graves and come up to heaven to be with me. In fact, I remember hearing a preacher say one time, if Jesus hadn't called Lazarus by his name, all of us would have come out of our grave right then. He had to be very specific. When he comes back, his shout will be for all of us. And along with the shout will be the sound of Michael's voice, Michael the archangel. The Bible says that the only archangel in the Bible is a guy named Michael. There's no other one by name. He's the only one. Michael will shout at the rapture right after Jesus does, almost as if he is supporting the command of his commanding officer. And the Bible says that when he shouts, that will be the second sound that everyone hears. The shout of God, the shout of Jesus, the shout of Michael. And then finally, there's going to be a trumpet sound. The third sound is the trumpet of God. The rapture trumpet will call all Christians to rise from the earth and meet the Lord in the air, and then they will go to heaven. The last trumpet for the church is like the last trumpet used in the Roman army. Soldiers were awakened in the morning by the first trumpet, which served as their alarm clock. The second trumpet assembled them for instructions for the day. At the third and last trumpet, they marched off to their assignments. So receiving salvation is like hearing the first trumpet. Accepting God's call to serve him is the second trumpet. And when the third trumpet sounds, you're going to march home to heaven to be with the Lord. So the first sound of the rapture, the shout of Christ, is a call for believers to rise from the grave. The voice of the archangel is a sound of protection and safe passage. And the blast that believers hear will be his just as he stood outside the tomb of Lazarus, he will command all believers whose bodies are in the grave to come forth. So the Bible tells us that there is going to be a marvelous moment in the future. All the evidence clearly shows that the rapture of the saints will be a cosmic spectacle like nothing everyone on this earth has ever seen. I like to imagine what it will be like five minutes after the rapture on this earth. A lot of people will be saying, I should have listened. I should have been sensitive to what the preacher said. I should have read my Bible more carefully because the church will be caught up and it will be evident that Almighty God keeps his promises. Amen. And then it will be too late. After the rapture, it will be too late. So don't wait. You know, the Bible teaches that the rapture could happen at any time. Today, before this day is over, the Lord Jesus Christ could come back. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet him? All you have to do is ask him to come into your heart and forgive your sin. Acknowledge that you are a sinner. Ask him for forgiveness. Tell him that you receive him as your Lord and Savior. He will come and live within you. 
And uh, when he comes for his saints, you'll be among the number that he takes to heaven. I hope you will do that, that you will make sure you are ready to meet the Lord when he comes. We will finish up this message on the first day of April. We'll have a new resource, and we'll continue this three-month study of prophecy based on the book, The Book of Signs. And once again, this is the last day for you to get your copy of this book for a gift of any size. You can also get the study guides and the CD packages from davidjeremiah.org. But the book is available today for the last day for a gift of any size from anyone who wants to have it. So please ask for your copy when you send your gift. I want to thank you for uh, following us in this series. We are one-third of our way through long way to go and a lot of exciting truth ahead. And uh, we'll begin um, again tomorrow here as we conclude this subject of the rapture of the church. Thanks for listening. I'm David Jeremiah. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse, visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's informative book, The Book of Signs, 31 Undeniable Prophecies of the Apocalypse. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James Versions available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the prophetic series, Signs, right here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. All we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God, but we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. The 19th century German writer Johann Goethe once wrote that the sorrow which has no vent in tears may make other organs weep. He meant, of course, that the stress of grief when not released can result in ill health. 
God created weeping as a normal and necessary human expression. Too often, men have seen weeping as a sign of weakness. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept in John 11.35, ought to dispel that notion. If Jesus was man enough to weep openly in front of others, there's no reason anyone should stifle that emotion when it arises. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's comfort in times of grief on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.